Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? I'm going to be an honest man from now on, right? Good. But if I did decide to be a thief, what makes you think you can catch me? Can I have my lighter back, Reggie? <laughs> we've been waiting for a long time. Yes, we've been waiting for a long, long time. We've been waiting for a long time. But we ain't gonna wait no more. We're getting ready to rock and roll. We're gonna one, two, three, four. In Froman's, yeah, the brothers hang out here. It's the Fillmore District. Probably wouldn't let your tight white ass in. Andy! Yo! This feels so fucking fantastic. Why? Because there's no condom communication. <laughs> we are not doing this via FaceTime. You in New York, me in Los Angeles. We are back together in each other's face, in the room, same bed, podcast. <laughs> the sound is back where it should be. God damn it. Yeah, you actually get to hear your voice in the same room. Uh, yes. I'm not sure if that's better or worse, actually. I got to be honest. Well, we buckle up, <laughs> motherfuckers, because this one is going to be a doozal. Uh, this, this, this is going to be two hours, man. We got a lot to talk about. Um, two hours, two parts, or two hours, one part. I say, give it to them, nigga. Let's, right. They've been in quarantine for three months. Let's give them the fucking business. Um, first order of business, right? Go ahead, Dave Chappelle. Or yeah. do you want to talk about we've been here? Yeah, we should. Well, yeah, we should probably talk about being here for the first time because, um. This has been, this is, it's challenging. What part? Just be getting back in that rhythm. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, and, you know, I got in town um, 
on Wednesday because uh, I thought I, I thought we were going to add a show uh, and be doing a show Wednesday night, uh, but that wasn't the case. So I got in town a day early um, and went to the open mic night, and I, I had made up in my mind I wasn't going to go up, but then I was like, man, fuck it. So I went up for 10 minutes, got my toes wet uh, just to feel it. And it felt good. A um, little nerve wracking. But what I also did was download my comedy blueprint special on my on my iPad because I knew I would have to look at some old recipes to figure out what how to bake the cake again. Uh, and I'm glad I did because I was as I was in my room a couple hours before the show, I was doing a lot of pacing and I couldn't remember shit. I was I was I was old blue eyes. I couldn't remember the words to the songs. Yeah, because you, you know you like to say you got to get that whip wop, and I right. and it was there was for me when I went up it was just it it it, it wasn't close. Like the the rhythm is just it, it, even in it, when we were doing late night show Friday, uh, I stumbled because I forgot some stuff, and then I and then I was doing a joke that I had done early early show, and I remember that I left out a whole section of the joke. Like I. Yeah. It just it doesn't. But 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 I gotta say, uh, you came out immediately and you didn't go to the material and you fucked around with the crowd and you did that one thing where you said to them, "I guess y'all don't fuck with the coronavirus." And just to give it some context, people, no one out here in Oklahoma City is wearing a mask. They don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck. In L.A., uh, flying out in L.A. in the city period, everybody's still wearing masks. The airport, everybody had on masks. But the moment I got to OKC, nobody in the airport had on a mask. And uh, no one here in the city no. is, is wearing a mask. No, I, I saw one person yesterday walking down the street that had a mask. But everybody else, I mean, no one's on top of each other. They're not like sitting next to people that they don't know. But that we're not in an area that's really busy either. Right. Well, you know, uh, the coronavirus, I think, skipped OKC because they was like, man, Duran and Westbrook ain't there. So, <laughs> we ain't going to camp. What the fuck we going to do with OKC? <laughs> but uh, this is it. Yeah, so it, so it was different in the room that we're in. It's it's That's also part of why I think it's hard to get that rhythm, too, because it's not – Listen, the crowds are great out here. I was really surprised how good the crowds are and how generous they are. But it's still not a full room. It's not packed where you hear that – that, that, but they're roaring like it's they're a roaring, but it still doesn't give you that whole feel that 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 energy that you get from a packed room. Well, listen, I like it, um, but you know, as we as we do this comedy thing, you know, it's like all the improvs. You know, when you're at an improv because the layout of the room is the same or a funny bone. You know, if, if you've ever done heliums, whether it's Portland, uh, Buffalo, Philly, St. Louis. They all have helium esque. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Fuck, I can't. It's, it escapes me. But not architecture, but the, something. I can't think of the word. But the layout is all the same. There's only two of these clubs: one in Tacoma, and now one here. And that they both feel the same. I'm saying all that to say there's a barn feel to it. Yeah. And I'm I'm not in love with the. I wish I knew this fucking word, but uh, I'm not in love with the layout of it. You know what I mean? It feels like a barn, which is to say, not echo, but it doesn't have a tight tightness to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a 
Yeah, I, I I know what you're trying to get to, but yeah, it doesn't have that. But the crowds themselves, the yes. people, fantastic. Yes, uh, it's just different when you ha- you have those open areas in the seating that you don't normally have. Right, They're right. usually packed. So you know, it, it's uh, and I, I don't know. I'm just I, I'm a very I get into the to uh, 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 I don't want to say routine because that I change my set. But you get into a feel, uh-huh. and I don't have those feel for my jokes. My kids, I haven't seen my kids in a long time, and they've, they they look different. And so I'm trying to figure I out. I haven't seen my kids in a long time, and we live together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Um, and listen, let's be honest. This social distancing shit, it's the illusion to make you feel safe. It's bullshit. Because listen... When you're on a plane, you're right next to a motherfucker. In the comedy club, they're trying to do social distancing with a little bit of space. But think about this. Nobody's wearing masks. And when you laugh, you are spitting out. So you're just a room full of people um, exhaling. So what the fuck is the point of I'm going to sit one table four feet from another? We're all breathing and doing the same. We, we are one big Petri dish, nigga. It's because the molecules aren't supposed to be transferring after six feet. It's supposed to hit the ground or wherever it goes. I but know. I whatever know. it is, I get it. But there's a point. They, they say the numbers are starting to spike again. But there's a point where we have to live our lives. We can't just go in. It's, it's a dice roll, baby. It really is. I mean, you could try to do what you can to, to protect yourself. But it's, it's a dice roll. Dude, I'm wearing a mask as much as possible, but I, I didn't. I didn't wear it as much as I thought I would last night. It's just so, it, it's difficult to wear it, and it's difficult to. It's. I think as as the performer, it's difficult to have a connection to the crowd when you have your face covered up. Like, yeah, that's what I told him. I was like, you know, this is an intimate job. You know, we want to see your faces. I need to see your teeth. I need to. I need to see you laugh. It ain't just one dude. One dude. Uh, First show Friday, and I fuck with him as gay gay trio. One dude had his face covered, but other than that, uh, oh, and then last night the old black couple, uh, they both had masks. Well, if you're older too, especially though, I would I I, I would understand it because you're more susceptible to uh, death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So put your mask on, right? Um, yeah, dude. At the end of the day, I said it before. People want to feel good. You know, and, and, and yeah, we're supposed to be cautious. Yeah, you're trying to keep your, your safety and other people's safety in mind. But that shit can only go so far because people want to feel good. And if something interrupts you feeling good, after a while, you find reasons to stop. Look, are we? how many of y'all know you're supposed to fuck with condoms on? But you don't. You roll the fucking dice because you want to feel good. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that wear their condom. There is, but then to a point, man, I don't fuck this bitch four times with a rubber. She all right. <laughs> <laughs> she don't look sick. Uh, people rationalize for their own personal gain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I'm just at the club. I'm not wearing the mask, but I think elsewhere as I go around, I'm, I'm still going to wear it. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you noticed in the lobby. Um, the papers on every other seat yeah. near the bar with yeah. the X on it. Yeah. So those aren't the seats you're supposed to sit in. So you're supposed to sit seat, skip a seat, seat. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, like, come on, man. Yeah, but you don't know. If you don't know the person, why would you want that seat? No, but I'm saying, even if you did that, 
Yeah. Even if you sat that way, yeah, that doesn't you're mean- two inches away from each other yeah. by a seat. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Illusion yeah. to make you feel safe. Well, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm hoping it gets. I hoping it works out just fine because I I need, dude. I needed to get out of that apartment. Listen, I told you when I got here, it felt surreal. I was like, holy shit! I felt it felt like the day before school. I was like, yeah, the, the, the day the first the day before the first day of school. I was like, yo, I'm back in a hotel again. Yeah, I'm 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 I, I flew in an airport. I was picked up in a car. We have a show tonight. I, nigga, I got to my room. I turned the AC on. I got naked. I spread eagle on the bed, and I was like, "Yes, this again." <laughs> it felt good, man. Did I? The only thing that I really realized about it is when I went to the airport, I was so worried about coronavirus that I didn't even think about the plane that I was on crashing until it took off. Usually, I think about it all the drive Where to the airport you got to go there that's how i am man cuz as, as much as we fly Ugh. you raise your odds that one time just one time no why would you do that that's cuz i don't that's who i am man yeah don't well then i hope we're not flying together <laughs> with them odds um damn that took a hurtful turn <laughs> cuz i'm scared of flying period um okay now want to get to the business yeah let's get to the business the greatest comedian of all time of our generation, David Chappelle. Yeah. You saw it? Yeah. Okay. I hope you don't mind me doing this because um, I think – how long is the clip? I, I, oh, it's long. You can't play the no, whole thing. No, I'm not going to play the whole thing. Uh, I do want to play, I think, the first three minutes because there's something that he says, and I don't want to butcher it. So, um, folks, welcome to the theater. Uh, and this is worth listening to. And again, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'd like to play enough. Uh, do you mind me doing that? I don't, but just, you know, the first time I meet Dave, I don't want it to be about him. Oh, Dave, (laughs) fucking please. You think Dave's going to listen to the podcast? Listen to the podcast. And even if he did, so what? Dave's, Dave's on some other shit. Yeah, he really is. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, let me see if I can even skip ahead a little bit and find exactly what it is. I told someone that I just wanted to quit comedy after I heard this. Right. Uh, bear with me. Man's neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds. Can you imagine that? This kid thought he was gonna die. He knew he was gonna die. He called for his mother. He called for his dead mother. I've only seen that once before in my life. My father, on his deathbed, called for his grandmother. When I watched that tape, I understood this man knew he was going to die. People watched it. People filmed it. And for some reason that I still don't understand, all these fucking police had their hands in their pockets. Who are you talking to? What are you signifying? That you can kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and feel like you wouldn't get the wrath of God. That's what is happening. So... I, w- I want to speak to that. Um, 
this is what and this is why I, I have these fucking battles. Um are we good? Yeah. This is why I have these battles with and I, and I don't want to make it about that, but I just have to say this to get to, to, to address his point. This is why I have these battles with religion. And and because he goes and you didn't think that after eight minutes and forty six seconds of killing this man and having your hands in your pockets, that the wrath of God, he says, wouldn't respond. And that being all these people across the world coming together to come at the police. Where was the wrath of God for 400 years? Where was the wrath of God when we were being lynched from trees for 400 years? Where was the wrath of God when our women were being raped for 400 years? Where was the wrath of God when we were stripped of our identity and our culture and ourself for 400 years? Where was the wrath of God when we were being sold off to different plantations, separated from our families, never to see each other again? So when, why is it that... The wrath of God shows up sometimes, but not all the time or when you need them. The most. Like, like I, trying to validate one over another doesn't make sense to me. And you know what? Maybe he didn't mean it that way. Maybe he just meant it in the and in, 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 in not in a, in a religious sense or a biblical sense, but just in an anger sense. The wrath of God. That just didn't make sense to me. I, I, I already have my my problems with religion that I've so I, I I don't I don't think it's in this world I don't know that there's a wrath in this world there's circumstance but the power that he's speaking to and maybe, maybe again maybe that's maybe I'm interpreting that wrong the wrath of God just meaning anger but not this is God's work right here this is God saying, yo, you killing that man with your knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and your hands in your pocket and enough is enough. This is God done mobilize people. Well, but that's that's why. That's why I, I likened it to when I said crucifix crucifixion is because to me, this was as close to what we were going to see as biblical times as as the crucifixion of Jesus. And Jesus wasn't like that's why he was crucified. Jesus was not what was was not a likened person to the powers that be. And when I saw that, and you know, when they talk about bearing witness to that to the uh, to the crucifixion, I mean, that's how it was. What I saw it as because it was in your living room. It was in your. It came into your house. It came onto your cell phone. It came, you had to see it. And, if, and it speaks to that higher power. But, but that's been happening. Yeah. Cell phones, living rooms, nah, that's been happening. Now where, now where you saw someone actually murdered. Yeah, you have. Well, you, yeah, you have. I remember the guy from uh, Carolinas that was running from the cop. And the cop shot him in the back. You heard the shots. Pop, pop, pop. I remember the one guy, I can't remember his name, I think it was Alton something. He was laying on the ground, and the cop took the gun, pop, 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 in the chest, and the blood started coming out of his body. This one you saw from the point where, where, they, where you saw someone that didn't, I want to word this correctly, you saw him from 
the beginning of the uh, of this uh, of his murder. Not, not it got broken up to different things where you saw him handcuffed and fought uh, the, the police fighting with him and then bringing him to one car, another car. But what you really saw was the eight minutes and forty six seconds where you just saw him kneel on him, where you saw someone being put in a position where they had no place to go. They were no harm to anyone. There was no threat to anyone. And for eight minutes and 46 seconds, you just watch someone slow, painful, and a death that he knew was coming. I think what brought it home for people was to him saying, calling for his mother. Yeah, because... I think that's really what got people. When we had the last podcast, I said, that's a man who knew that he was, he was going to see his, his mother and that he had made peace with God. And so when people bring up all those other things that he did, listen, if, you're, if you are a Christian and you believe in the story of Jesus and you remember him being on the cross and giving it for, for those who ask for forgiveness, receive forgiveness, that was a man who was ready to go. He knew what the situation was, and he had made his peace with his God, and he was asking for his mom because he knew where he was going to go. And that's why it, all that together reminds me of the story that we've already read. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I was raised with a difference of religion with my, my mom being Catholic and my dad being Jewish. So I, I got the story of Jesus. And that's what I saw. I saw that. That's what I saw personally. I'm not saying anybody else saw that. I saw that. Let me ask you, because obviously this happened during the pandemic and the country was closed. If the country had been open and it wasn't a pandemic and we were business as usual, obviously not. Well, I don't want to assume, but I don't think as many people see that because they're not home glued to their TVs with nothing else to do. Do you think it's as effective? Maybe that's the part where God came in and had it. The, the timing of it to that way when you talk about the wrath of God that everybody had it was at home and everybody did see it but honestly no I don't think if there's a pandemic it stays the same way because and this is where the media who holds itself on this higher level is actually just another arm of what's wrong with what what goes on this they would have moved on to another they would have moved on to another story whatever else would have sold more papers that day or more uh new eyes on their on their news feed or clicks on their phone because listen let, let, i i want i'd like to go way back for just a second because i i listened to the news a little bit um right after this happened and i and i heard them say something about uh the central park 5 of again and they brought that up because they were talking about because Trump said some other stupid shit. And they brought that up again. And they brought up his ad in, that he took out. Trump took out that full page ad. Mm. And, the media, and the media was has disassociated itself with that. And they, they put it on Trump, which is fine. You can put it there because he never has uh, uh, apologized or said that it was wrong what his, his statement was. But neither has the media. The media covered it, and when you were in New York at the time, or across the globe when you were watching news channels, they had convicted those five guys. The media didn't do their investigation at that time either. So the media was complicit in those their uh, guilty verdict because the police came out and said, nope, they confessed, and the media ran with it, and the media was on the side of 
convicting the the Central Park Five as well. And they never have really backtracked and apologized for it. I've heard one media outlet said that we should have done more research at the time. But why well, I'm saying that to say would would it would if it wasn't for the pandemic would we would it had lasted as long? I don't think so. It was a, it was something they could cover because the media is complicit in a lot of things that have happened and not following up and following through and making sure that we see it. Only reason this happened this way is because there was nowhere else to go, and this was the big, this had to be addressed. Because if you saw it and it came into your living, that's the only thing I give the media credit for. They brought it into your into your living room and made you see this, made you have an opinion, made you say something. That's that's the difference that I see right now. Right. Okay. Um, now I want to speak to the greatness of Chappelle, man. You you said it yesterday in the in the. Uh in the dress in the green room at the show. This dude, this dude is clearly just better than everybody. And he's our Richard Pryor. Cause you had brought up Richard Pryor. Yeah. Cause Richard Pryor has always been my, like, that's how I always seen who was the goat because Richard Pryor, like to me showed us what comedy could be the way that Richard Pryor did comedy. Cause it was, it was at a level that was much, that stretched out further than everyone else. But I believe Dave, Dave Chappelle has shown us what comedy can do when comedy is what it should be. But you're not saying that you think Dave is over the goat over Richard, do you? I think he's taking it to another level. Well, here's what I'm going to say. And, and here's what I'm going to say. Because um, you got to remember, when Richard was doing what he was doing, at that time, that hadn't been done. Yes. black no Black comics were not tackling race the way he he like i said he basically wrote the blue the blueprint yeah now yeah every black comic today deals with race and because as we should because that's our life that's what we live and we're reporters with jokes but when richard did it he showed us all for the first time so at that time that was impactful i'm not saying when you listen to Richard's material today, it feels a little dated. It does. It, it feels dated. Um, and it doesn't feel like it has the same, mm, I'm not taking anything away from Richard, but again, the times have changed. Yeah. Um, and as a comic, and, and, you see the genius. Right, thing. right. And, and, and certainly in, in regards to race, that's still the same. Uh, but you know when it's there's a difference between doing it for the first time and doing it for the millionth time, and by the millionth time, it ain't the same no more. Um, but Dave is 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 he's our generation's Richard Pryor. I can't put him over Richard. Yeah, but what he's done that to me that is different than what Richard Pryor has done or did, and we talked about this yesterday. He's able to sit in the silence. Yeah, and that's something that Richard Pryor couldn't do, and, and that's partially because of the time. Comedy had to had to have a certain comedy had an identity, and you had to still work within that identity. I don't know if I agree with that because there's that one special um, I forget what it's called, but Richard's at the Improv, and and he, oh yeah yeah, he even shows you his notes on a yeah, notepad. Yeah, you're right, you're right, and he is talking his way through this, and by most people's opinion. Who, who don't know comedy, he's bombing. But one, he doesn't care. Two, speaking to what we're talking about, the silence. And, and Patrice alluded to this. And this is why, to me, Patrice, God rest his soul, and Dave are the two greatest comics 
ever. Because Patrice said, you can't be afraid of silence. You can't be afraid to bomb. And I think that's like the the Zen, like like the Kung Fu. That's the final step to, to being a master. And I silence bothers me, dude. It does, and I hate it because I I want to be so funny and kill the crowd nonstop where you can't breathe. And and if I have a moment of uh oh, I tried this joke and it ain't get what I thought it was gonna get. That quick, that silence. I want to hurry up and do something to cover that up. I want to cover up the steak before the audience goes, that's done. I want to hit you with something so you forget about the smell. But Dave showed, because there's two points where Dave just goes, and he addresses the elephant in the room. He goes, am I boring you? Then there's another point where he goes, I know this ain't funny, but I got some pussy jokes coming. You have to be willing to be unfunny to be funny. Yeah. And that's a scary forest to be in. But I, 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 and I keep telling myself, I know I got to do it. I know I want to do it. But I keep making excuses when I'm going to do it. Well, since there's only one show on Thursday, that's the time to experiment. Oh, there's only one show on Sunday, that's the time. Well, when I'm home in LA, if I go to the haha or some rinky dink place where not a lot of people hang out, that's that's the crowd to fail in front of because there ain't enough witnesses. But it don't matter. It, I, to, to be in that fire and to be in that silence is scary, man. Dude, not that this is, has a lot to do with – it does have to do with what we're talking about, but it, it's kind of off to the side a little bit. From what I've understood from people that I've listened to interviews or talked to, like for, who auditioned for like Saturday Night Live – People come out of there sometimes saying, I killed that. I think I'm going to get that. I think I killed. They were laughing. I got them in the room. They were laughing. And then they don't get it. They don't get it. Do they say, why? No. But then you see people who go, man, I didn't think I had a chance, man. They didn't laugh. They didn't. Yeah, and they're sucks. the ones that get it. Because is it is it the laughter or is it the message? Is it the, is it the talent above? Like, because when Dave is doing this, when Dave's doing it, even if it's quiet, People are on the story. They're in the message. They're on the edge of their seats. So it's it's not necessarily comedy. Does he's showing us that there's there's a way past comedy where it's not just the laughter that's important. It's the journey to get to the laughter that's important. Well, he's dropping as these kids would say, jewels. Like he's dropping a lot of gems, man. And when you when you when you when you're the gems you're dropping are that truthful. That real and that impactful, people again. I go to Patrice. People respect truth. Never, always bet on truth. And yeah, I, listen. I, I, this is one of those where, if again, if I could talk to Dave, I would ask him. I, not, do you care about not being funny while you're doing that? Because I think if he if he want if I think deep down he wants it to be funny. I, I just. His process, I, I just would like to know because he, he's he's doing he'll find like he'll he might keep working that till he finally gets it. But prior to him getting it, he obviously doesn't care. But then I think he cares. But I don't know. I would love to ask him that. Like like with what you did just in in that eight minutes and forty seconds, are you fine with that? Would you go? 
that's going to be on my next special, as is what you just saw, or are you going to keep playing with it till you find funny in the journey and within the message? That... I thought it was, I thought for me, because I, I do more storytelling than I do jokes. So I, I do have to live with a little bit more, I, I live with a lot more silence than uh, the average, you know, joke when you're experiencing jokes on top of jokes. I'm looking for a bigger joke at the end of my story, but I have never been able to be that quiet. But watching him do that, I think that he's comfortable with that set as is. Let, I, let me ask you that eight minutes and 46 seconds. Did you honestly think it was stand-up special funny? Because to me, it was more messagey than hard laughs. So that's and that's what I'm saying. Like I'd, I'd like to know what his thought process was because that eight minutes and forty six seconds, when you really look at it, you're going brilliant. Oh my God, he's right. Jesus, that was genius, smart. Yup, yup, dropping gems. But how much did you laugh? Well. But he also says, and I don't remember at what point he says it, he said that this is the last place that you can speak the truth. This the comedy is the last place that is open to actually speak your truth. So if that's the case, and this is what comedy has become, I think that's enough laughter because it got you through the story. It it was a way to get you from uncomfortable with a laugh to a realization. And then back to reality. Because if you can't make it funny at all, then it was just a speech. But he made it so that you could remove yourself from the pain of what that message is. Enough I, enough to get you through it. I think I'm going to have to watch it again because, you know, the first time you see it, you just so it's your first time. Your so mouth's you're, open. Yes. Yeah, so, and, you're ena- and you're enamored with what he's doing. Now I want to watch it again to go, let me really pay attention and see where the funny was or, or, or count how many times there was. But the beginning of that, all the way to the end, it tied in at the very, I mean. Yeah, he, he's he, beautiful at that, man. Yeah, it was. He's beautiful at that. So it, it, the, the set was there. I mean, you could put, I can't imagine a place where you could put another joke. I can't put another <laughs> laugh. I can't put another I can't. I can't imagine where you would put it in. But he's obviously, his comedy is above my, my pay grade. So I, I don't know where it could be, like, but dude, he could find it. He like, could find it. Right. Like, like again, that is what, it, it's very hard to be masterful at funny and poignant. Funny and deep messages. He ties that together like shoelaces, nigga. But Patrice ain't like that, but that's a different animal of just great material, great material. But he, Patrice is never, and I don't want to use the word preachy because I'm not saying Dave is preachy. But again, Dave can make the most taboo, uncomfortable moments palpable. Whereas Patrice don't go there. He ain't going to hit you with some deep philosophical but his material is just so raw. You got. You also have to take that uh, this Dave's the eight eight forty six and realize that it was an outside show, social distancing with masks on, 
And so when you're saying where's the fun, when you when you're looking for the fun, the audience can't can't give you more laughter because they're wearing masks. They're social distancing. They're outside. It's Was not, that outside? Yeah. So it looked like that was inside somewhere. No, didn't you see where they were setting up the chairs and everything, and they showed where the chairs were going oh, and people no, I didn't were coming even catch in. That. So I, I, I think for you know with that, with all that taken into to the context of what he was doing, I don't think you. I think it was the perfect set. I, I really do, and I'm not just saying it because of what he was talking about. I just saying to talk about something that deep, and still find places to put in the punchlines and and i gotta tell you there was one point when there was one point in it where i actually saw um dave is very good about his tone where it's very even it's even the whole time so it's it's very davisms you know where, where he just uses his voice and inflection the only time i heard emotion true true well there's two times that i heard two true emotion in in his voice one when he talked about candace owens oh i'm glad you hit that because that's my next note and the other one when he was talking about uh his family's connection uh to the white house at the right. very end but go on go on with the candace owens because that's that one is Dude. the first time when i realized he's not in his rhythm not right. in his character now, and here's and you've heard you guys heard of me talk about candace owens and how much i hate that bitch and I said, excuse me, this is this is what <laughs> this is why Dave is Dave and I'm me and I'm I'm not as good as this nigga. He goes, This is she's the most intelligent idiot I've ever seen. She's so intelligent, she tells you how precisely how much of a how how much of an idiot she is precisely. Right. I just call the bitch a cunt. And and I'll and I and I'll uh, bed winch and I'll try to be funny in my anger and expressing how much I hate that bitch. What a great way to put that, dude! I, An intelligent I, idiot. On the last podcast, I said I, I did say this, and I feel good that I was even in the same stream as Dave. But he said he said what he said. I said that sometimes you get so uh, intelligent that you're not smart. Is what I said. Right. And that's not funny. The right. way he did it. I, I, but I wasn't trying to do a set either. But I mean, I just, I, I felt even, cl- I felt, I, I felt giddy right. that I was in the same thought process right. of, of right. Dave. But right. he said it eloquently, where I just said some bullshit. Well, I remember I said, uh, and I remember we were doing a podcast and we were talking about her, and I said, when you listen to her, she's articulate, yeah. and 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 she she, and if I had to have a debate with her about race, because she could so. Because she could articulate her points better yeah. than me, I would lose, yeah. even though I know I'm right. That's why I said I would pay money like a pay-per-view event to either see Mike Eric Dyson or uh, uh, Cornell West take that bitch on. Because they have the ability to spar with her in terms of articulation and intelligence. And even though, again, me, Cornell, and Dyson, we're saying the same thing. I know I'm not wrong. I just don't have the verbal weapons to go up against that bitch. She just has, she has her statistics. And her graphs, her charts, charts, you know, all the technicals, the pie charts, and all that other shit. But you know, and everybody knows that you can bend statistics to meet your uh, narrative. And that's what she does, and she hits her points perfectly. She's, she does it well. But 
when I heard Dave do that, I was like, damn, you know, and, but he, he became, that's the first time I saw him become emotional in that set. Like he was, right. he could really feel that he hates the bitch. Yeah. Like we all do. <laughs> and so that, that, that struck me. So that also though shows when you contain yourself in that rhythm and you need to, you want to convey a feeling it comes across immediately. It's like that. Uh, the, the I don't know if it's Chinese or Mandarin or Mandarin. That that we call it a proverb. Is it a, pro- a saying? Yeah, Is it a, pro- a proverb. Like, yeah, well, Chinese was, proverbs. Yeah, yeah, the 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 best fighters are never angry. And it's like whether it's fighting or whether you're doing stand up, take the emotion out of it. Yeah, and just like what you said. Dave can say what he's saying because he's not emotional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 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 like if, I'm, if I'm scared of the silence, that's an emotion. Yeah. Fear. Oh, man. Sorry. Take the emotion out of it. Do what you're going to do without emotion. And you've, with a clear head, the best fighters are never emotional. Yeah. So, and that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to separate your emotion from your work because this is our passion. This is what we do. So to take your passion, not your passion, but your emotion, that's fucking... But that shows that this was a little bit more than just his work uh, and just to what he was passionate about. There was more behind this. That's, that's what makes this even more genius because I, I, just, I, I was, like I said, I, I told somebody I should just, I feel like after watching that, I felt like a fraud and I should quit comedy. Listen, man, um, people often ask me or you, Who's your favorite comic? So who, who are you watching right now? Yeah. Who's coming up? No one excites me. Like, whenever I see a Dave Chappelle clip, I feel like a Christmas gift has been given to me. I can't wait to unwrap this motherfucker. I'm guessing what's in the box. No other comic does that to me like that. I don't get it. Not to say I won't watch other comics or won't appreciate other comics, but none of them just push a button in me that makes me go, oh, boy. See now, I have comics that I that I see like that, but I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to hear their new material. I'm excited to watch them, but they're not. But it's not that low. But Dave, but if you're relating it to Dave Chappelle, there's just this other level of comedy, and I think that's what we're. I can't speak for everyone else, but I can tell the few people that I talk to regularly that's what we're. Uh, that's what we look to. Right. That's the level we would love. But that's why I said fraud, because I don't think that I, I really had a, 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 you know, my come to Jesus moment where I go, I'm never <laughs> going to get there. I can't get, that's not, I'm never going to be that good. Right. And then when you, when, when you know, like, I, I think that, you know, we discussed Jordan a lot. And, right. and it, I, I mean, if you played to be the best, if you played to be the best player ever, and you saw Jordan, you went, nah, I'm never going to be that good. I mean, now what are you playing for? Now you're just playing the game. Right. If he makes you feel that way. Yeah. I mean, you still have a lot to play for, but. But you're just playing the game. Right. You're, right. Now you're just a member <laughs> of the team. Right. And you're just playing the game. And that's kind of how I feel now. Now I feel like, okay, I'm going to get on this plane and I'm going to go do my, my little jokes. And, 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 and it, it's such a sombering feeling because. I, I never thought, I mean, obviously, I looked up to Richard Pryor, and I, I didn't think that I, but I tried to do, there's social commentary in my jokes. There's things that I'm trying to do, 
but not on the it doesn't it doesn't connect with that level and it, it's painful to me it's painful to me that right uh, I don't have a, I don't have a mark to hit now 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 I'm just trying to get through it uh, the right. best I can right um isn't is that as great as the two comics that actually get paid to do this can sit here and discuss <laughs> for 40 minutes the greatness of some uh, hey, well he, he, he listen I told you when we saw the clip when I saw the clip I told you I was ready to do the podcast yeah I was like let's rock and roll like because it, it, he he moves you he makes you go can I be that can I, I, I let me let me say something uh, let's record let's I want. I want to do. I want to. I want to make myself feel like uh, I'm. In, I'm there. I, I, I can say something. He inspires you, man. But he can, inspires you, dude. But he inspires you. And this is what we talked about last night: to speak the truth, to speak your truth, whether whether it's an agreeable truth or not an agreeable truth. When he's talked about on the Mark Twain Awards, right? But then also as a comedian, and you had a little bit of this yesterday. When you're speaking your truth or what you think is your truth or what you, your, your feelings, I mean, where can you do that at? Only on that stage. Right. Even on this podcast, we're, we, we have to censor ourselves somewhat because it doesn't have the same. Speak for yourself, honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's, well, let, yeah. Let, that, that, that'll segue into our next topic. Um, I remember when uh, folks, Andy stayed at my house uh, overnight. And uh, I have a chain on my door in the garage, in my laundry room that goes into my garage. I have the bottom lock. I have the lock above that. And then I have a chain. And I remember (laughs) Andy made me laugh. He goes, dude, who's coming for you? (laughs) And I said, could be the Diaz brothers. Come to get me. (laughs) So in that vein of that voice, Cuban, Latino, here we go. Um, Let me bring you all up to speed. I'm here in my hotel in OKC, and um, I was leaving my room. And as I've done many a times, and I think a lot of people do, I saw one of the cleaning ladies. She had on a cleaning lady uniform. She had a vacuum in her hand. And I said, ma'am, can you please clean my room? And her response was, I, I don't know the room because because I, I don't know to the room people, I don't know. And she left. And I made a video and I had said, well, if she don't know, then I don't know. And I said something about this bitch being built like a trash can. Um, and I said in the, in the thing, I did not use the words, learn how to speak English. What I specifically said was, if you're going to work a job where you may have to communicate with people, don't you think you should be able to communicate? And they came for me like Sosa's men. Don't you ever play me, you fucking little monkey. Who the fuck you think you're talking to, huh? Do you want to go to war? Tony. Um, they went to war. Oh, they went to war. Which is to say, a lot. and listen, a lot of Latino people agreed with me. But a lot of them hated me. For saying this. So after going back and forth with a lot of these motherfuckers, um, I made another post. I deleted that post and I made another post where I sincerely apologize 
to the Latino community. And I'm going to say again, because I know we got Latin listeners. Uh, I love you motherfuckers, man. I don't have a gripe with y'all. And if I offended you, I apologize. And I even said, you know, if I'm wrong or if I need to be educated on this, I'm willing to listen. And if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Because I say all the time to white people, you want to understand black people, stop talking and listen. Listen to us. So if I can dish it, you know, I, I got to take it. So I said, hey, talk to me. Hit me up. Tell me what I'm not getting. And I want to drive this point because a lot of people hit me up and said, oh, that's a half-assed apology because you say you're sorry, but you still stand into your point. And I will. And, and let me be real delicate here. I don't like the term learn how to speak English. I know it comes off Karenish. I know it's deemed as racist. So I don't like that term. But I still say what I don't understand is this. If you work a job where you have to potentially communicate with people. Don't you think you should be able to communicate? And let's be real. Let's be real. That's really a softer way of saying learn how to speak English. But learn how to speak English is what it is. Here's where it gets dicey because People see that as racist, and, and, and I, I need someone to explain to me why that concept is racist. If you, if you, if you, and listen, if you live in this country, if you're Spanish and you don't know how to speak English and you don't want to know how to speak English, that's fine. That's your right, goddammit. But wouldn't it be better if you got a job where you're in the shadows so that when you have to, so you don't have to communicate? If you're going to communicate, you got to know how to communicate. Why is that an insane concept? What makes that racist? I don't understand. You got it all out? There's more, but I wanted to, you know. Because, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. You, okay, but let me, let, me, let, me, let me just say this. Yeah, and, that's and, why I want you to get it all out. And I had people hit me and go, well, it, it, it's, it's not her job. To, to uh, talk to you. Uh, you could call the front, take your lazy ass and call the front desk or go down to the front desk. Well, okay, I could do that and I've done that. But why is saying to the, to the house cleaning lady directly, can you clean my room? Why is that not an option? And, and listen, when you go out to your, when you leave your room and she's out there and the cart's out there, it ain't nothing but a second to go, can you clean my room? And I get one of four answers. Yes, si, no prole, or yes. So, you know, and if you, and somebody, somebody said to me in my, and agreeing with me, dude, you, you know, you might want your room cleaned a specific way. You might have questions. So the lady who's responsible for cleaning the room, if I need to give you specific directions or I have a question and you can't communicate with me, now I got to go to the front desk to get a translator? It's crazy. I, 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 that's just crazy. I, and, you know, and listen, I know English is not an official. That's the other thing I kept hearing. That that's and I've heard, seen that on so many videos where 
white Karens tell Hispanic people, learn how to speak English, and you hear someone yell out, English is not an official language. I get that, and it's not, but it's the dominant one. And like the saying goes, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Last I checked, we were the Romans. So when, you, when some of y'all tell me, well, just learn how to speak English, why the fuck would I need to learn how to speak English for? When 98% of the people that I come in contact with and we have a verbal exchange, don't speak Spanish. Why would I, why would I need to learn how to speak Spanish? That reminds me of that joke that Patrice said when he goes, this is how arrogant Americans are, that we expect everybody to know our shit. I, I go on vacation and he tells the, 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 the native of the country he's in, what, what, what's that you speaking? What's that you speaking in Turkey here in Turkey? Like, why are you talking to me in Turkey, nigga, in Turkey? Like, so if I were to go on vacation, uh, if I were to go on vacation to Italy, to any other foreign country, I think it would be incumbent upon me to learn the language so that I can communicate. If, if, if I'm going to get a job, certainly if I'm going to live there, shouldn't I adapt to them? I got it all out for now. I remember more. I don't know more. All right. Well, let, let, let's let's back up a whole lot. Dum, 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 dum. First of all, it's a very uh, United States of American kind of idea of thought that everybody should speak English in this country, considering that this country. Uh, Considering that, first of all, Mexico was Texas, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and most of California at one point. That was all uh, a land of that spoke Spanish. That was it was it was part of Mexico. So, but we are in today. So uh, that that's that's the history of it. But let's 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 speak for today. You don't know that lady. You don't know where that lady came. And if if this country business model is to take advantage of people who necessarily don't have the best uh, language skills but have jobs that they can put them in and take advantage of that cheap labor cheap labor that's more an issue with the company that you're doing business with than than the so i should bitch to the company yeah write a letter to the company that you think that they should have people that speak English on the floor to clean your room. But think about what you're saying. You know what they're going to do with that letter? Crumple it up and score two points. But also think about what you're saying. That lady maybe just got to this country. She got her job. She's, she's, she's displaying a minor amount of English. She may have every, if she's working, I get, I guarantee you if she's out working a job, she's intending to be able to communicate because I'm sure that that's not the only job she wants because to uh, excel in this country, you're right. You do need to speak a second. Uh, you, you do need to take English as your second language if you want to excel here because it is the dominant language, as you said. But on the other hand, if a large amount of people speak Spanish here and you want to excel in business in this country, um, why wouldn't you want to learn Spanish? Tommy Davidson speaks Spanish. He does a whole part of his set in Spanish. Uh, and, and it's one of the most genius things I've ever seen. And so that adds to his ability and makes him. But again, that's okay. I got you. But most of the time you're dealing with people did not speak in Spanish. 
So why would that be a requirement? It's not a requirement. It's not a requirement. In this country, If you, no matter what language you speak and you, you send your kids, you, you come from whatever country, or in a lot of uh, households here where the people are the first generation, they may have grown up in a household that only spoke Spanish, and they go to school, and they're given, uh, they're put, I forgot the name of the classes, but so that they can learn English. So, it, 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 I mean, there is accommodations for people who don't speak English here because it is the dominant language, as you, as you keep saying it. But that lady, you don't know that lady, so you have many options because you do have a command of the English language. You can go to the front desk. You could simply call on your phone going, hey, I tried to ask this lady to clean my room. She doesn't speak English. Man, I wish you didn't have that. You could say that. It would be wrong. You could say it. And why, then, wait, 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 what makes it wrong? Why, why, it's wrong for them to hire her for, the, for cheap labor. If you said it's wrong for you just to hire cheap labor, then it's then it's fine for you to say, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, I, I know that you're, you could say that. I know that you're just taking advantage of cheap labor uh, because she doesn't speak English and you can get over on her and, and pay her a, a low wage. That you could say. But maybe. If they don't give a fuck about that, why are they going to give a fuck about my complaint? But then maybe. Then the other thing is maybe bring that to the attention of people. Maybe we shouldn't stay at certain places that take advantage of. Uh, of, 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 of un- we addressed this on the last podcast. Remember when I said, yeah, all these businesses that support Trump, these places we eat at, shop at, we're not going to stop doing that because that's to our convenience. Same thing. Ain't nobody gonna go. I'm not staying at this hotel because. Okay, so if you know that, then why you why be mad at the lady and be mad at the desk and go tell them that you want your room cleaned? I could do that, but I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to. It's not about what you shouldn't have to. It's does it does it really in, does it really inconvenience your day to pick up the phone and, and call because you don't know what it this- doesn't inconvenience my day. But it's the same feeling you get when you're on the phone with customer service talking to Rosh Tash Mahaji or Shanti Bazaz, and you can't understand, and you're trying to get shit done, and you're already frustrated because you're calling customer service for something that ain't working that's frustrating you. So you're already frustrated before you make the call. Then when the supposed help gets on the line, it's even more frustrating because you can't make out what the fuck you're saying. I should not have to do the Da Vinci Code. I should not have to fucking uh, 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 break down the Da Vinci Code. I shouldn't have to do that. Decipher codes. Why do you want to do when you tell me don't on the phone and you died? What the fuck did you just say? They're speaking English. That's all you wanted from the lady uh, outside the door. Well, give me that. G- give me that. So you can't relate this to any of the issues that you see black America have issues with. You know, here's the thing. And, I, and, and, and again, let me say, I love my, my Latino brothers and sisters. And I know it sounds cliche to say it because it's the same thing as, oh, I got a, my best friend is black. But my baby mother, Puerto Rican. So I got love for y'all. But, and I understand when, when, when a lot of Latino people were hitting me up and going, our people come here. They take the jobs y'all don't want. We're hardworking people with a foundation. And let, let me stop for a second. You take the jobs we don't want. You take the jobs white folks don't want. Because I've seen plenty of niggas uh, be dishwashers and black maids in hotels and cleaning people 
and fucking hang out at Home Depot looking to get works. So let's bag up a second. White people don't want them jobs. Niggas, and this is my point. I get it, and you're right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denouncing any of that. You guys aren't respected. People look down on y'all. They treat you fucked up. Uh, uh, you're hardworking. When did y'all replace niggas? Because we've been that. Welcome to the party, pal. In my Bruce Willis tone. Die, die hard. We've been that. And we are still that. When did y'all replace us? What do you mean replace? Don't try. Listen, again, I understand. You're hardworking, all of that shit. But y'all, they say that like we've never been. We're like, we're still not. Hey, don't, you know, look how we get treated and look, look at what's unfair and how we, you know, not respected. Okay, welcome to our life. Yeah, but we're still that. But then if you if you look down on someone who doesn't speak English, aren't you just buying in white like, America's idea? No, stop it. Because I had a lot of them go, man, you're a Karen. No, no, stop it. I, again, my, my point, I'm going to ask you. So you think, you think that it's racist to expect someone. And again, remember I said, if you don't want to speak English, fine. You don't have to. That's the beauty of this country. You do what the fuck you want to do. But if you're going to have a job where you may have to communicate, you think it's racist to expect someone to communicate? That's racist? If there was no alternative for you, yes, it would, <laughs> you're, you would be correct. But there are many alternatives. The reason that they hired uh, it, it was a female, right? You yeah. see, right? The reason they hired her was because they have an alternative. Because also, if it, let's say it was someone... When you say they had an alternative, what do you mean? Go to the front desk. No, the reason why they hired her, you just said it. It's cheap labor. They had cheap labor because it's a job that, that fit her. So they don't give a fuck about whether or not she can communicate. Well, obviously, they do, communi- uh, they do care with the fact that she can communicate because they have to be able to, they have to explain to her which rooms to do and what to do next. And so obviously they have someone that speaks Spanish and English so they can, they can uh, communicate with her to get her to do what she needs to do. The point is you don't know what air, what level of, uh, of entry into this country. She could have been here for four weeks. This is her first job. She's learning English. And the only time someone uh, can to accelerate Learning is through communication. So she's trying to communicate. When you do, they, do they let doctors doctor or, or as they go, or until they're let me ready? Add, let me ask. Or until they're ready. I love this question. Let me let me answer this question. If you needed a certain kind of heart surgery, and the only person who could do it was French, and they didn't speak a word of English, that has nothing. Those yeah, are two. No, it doesn't. Yeah, one is done with your hands. Not that's got nothing to do with communication. Yeah, but you have to talk to them. Would you? Would you care if you had if that was your surgeon? Would you care that your surgeon didn't speak a word of English? Would you figure out how to communicate with him so that you could get the surgery? No, nah, I don't like that. I reject that. I don't like that because when it's time to actually get the surgery, one, I'm uh, what, what they call that shit that knocks you out, the uh, anesthesia. Yeah. I'm I'm out, so we ain't talking. All he's got it. Everything he's got to do is physical. Everything before, though. Everything before any communication. Someone's gonna have to come into the room, and he's gonna have to say it to someone. I, I don't. Have I don't. To say I don't it to okay, you. that's fine, but that's not the life saving part. Having somebody else translate is not the life saving part. I care about the life saving part. Okay. 
So if you were drowning and she had a raft, would you figure out a way to get her to understand that you need that fucking, she needs to throw you something to pull you she out She would water? know that by the way I'm flailing in the water. Okay. So hopefully she didn't hear you call her. Like she didn't call you. A, One, a that's visual. That you don't need to hear me. You, you, you can see a motherfucker drowning. Okay. And in that same, you could see a person drowning without any <gasps> communication and you could get the raft. You could just as easily picked up the phone before you even walked down the hallway and said, "Hey, I'm going to be leaving my room for an you hour." Listen, just to make because sure I wasn't bugging. I, when I yesterday when we left the hotel, I stopped by the front desk and I just said uh, to the lady, "Look, I know if people want their room clean, they could either call down to you or housekeeping or come down personally to you and ask. Is it un, is it out of the ordinary, or is it wrong?" To say it directly to the cleaning lady, so no, no. Well, what have you? So do? why is that not an what option? What would have you done if, she, if there was no cleaning lady out there? But there, but there was. But what? But you didn't know that till you opened up the door, dude. We've done this enough to know that a lot of times there is someone out but there. What would have you? Okay, if there wasn't, then I would have done something else. But there was. Okay. And just because there's a cleaning lady out there doesn't even mean that's the lady who's going to do your room. It doesn't make a difference. She can, if I go, can you clean my room? And nine times out of ten, they'll do it. That's the, a dude hit me yesterday and said, this dumb motherfucker said to me, who are you to demand that the cleaning lady clean your room? Let's say that again. Okay. Who are you to demand that the cleaning lady Clean your room. So it's crazy for me to ask the cleaning lady to clean my room because that's what she does. Okay. That, that's, that's a little ridiculous. I, 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 agree, I agree with that. Do you, uh, have you ever asked the cleaning lady to do your room and she communicated back to you in English and you came back and your room wasn't clean? Yeah. What did you do then? Don't do that. No, I'm asking. Don't do that. Don't, don't, that's horrible. Because if we if we doing that technicals, then she should be fired because she didn't do her job. But if you would have went to the front desk and just said that you wanted your room, I've clean. gone to the front desk and asked for my room to be clean, and when I got back, it wasn't, it wasn't clean. clean. But we can't play that game because now you're making excuses for incompetence. No, I'm not making excuses for incompetence. I'm just saying that there's other ways to handle it besides being mad at the cleaning lady who doesn't speak English. <sighs> I, you know something, my spider sense is telling me I'm going. We're gonna get emails on this one. Uh, <laughs> well, this is the is first Autobot time we don't agree. Prime, is Autobot Prime Hispanic? Yeah. Okay, Autobot, write to me, dog. Sergio Sosa, write to me, dog. Whether you Spanish or not, Aries Spears forty five at Hotmail. My main question is this: Why is that racist? Is that why? I don't get why that is a racist idea. Why? See, I have trouble. I have trouble making it racist, but I I think that it's unintentionally uh, insensitive. Insensitive to someone because you don't know the situation. Here's someone working, not someone. To your point, where you said if you're working, if you're if you're out working, so what would you prefer is someone to come to this country, go get on a social service situation and never talk to anybody that because they didn't speak uh, the dominant language. And be paid to live be paid to live here without doing any work. That's what you that would be that would be preferable to you because that way you don't have to deal with them uh, if they don't speak English when you need to talk to them. Hey, I'm not denouncing anybody's struggle. 
But again, you talking to the people where struggle was branded on us. I had a girl say to me, a Spanish girl, uh, something about when your people came here, uh, they had to learn the language. Uh, yeah, tell me if you understand the fucking difference. Yeah, there's a big difference. Our people were forced here and forced to learn the language. Hispanics come here voluntarily and don't have to learn the language. Hispanics had their land taken from them and then were told that there was a new language that they needed to learn. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, 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 and I want to say that my, I grew up in a house, my mom, her second language was English. She felt it was very important that everybody, that she had a problem with my, our aunt who lived here for a long time and never wanted to learn the language, never tried to learn the language, and wanted, it, 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 she saw her as, as someone who didn't, not that you need to assimilate, but it couldn't communicate and it, was to, it wasn't to better herself and it was, it was putting her children in a more difficult situation. My mom felt that, and then she's a second... English is my mom's second language. She grew up in a household that spoke Spanish when she was a little kid. Again, I, I, I can't say it enough. I love, I love Latin people. I love y'all. I got love for y'all. I, I fucking got love for y'all. Y'all niggas make tacos, man. How can I not love you? Uh, is that wrong? That's wrong? That's wrong. It's fucked up. No, no, but you know... You, how, you, you, you know, you could say, you know, if they're making it in a kente cloth, though. Does yeah, it, that'd be better. Does it, does it, Listen, does I, it, okay. I'm, I'm being a dick. I love y'all, but all I'm saying, and I'm not trying to downplay y'all's plight. I really am not. But it's like, stop trying to push some of y'all, our shit away like we've never done that. We've never been that. Because we still are that. Not to the degree... We once were, but we ain't high on the totem pole yet. But if, if everybody's in that situation, why, why would you confuse uh, their situation? And why would you confuse a, a brown situation and a black situation? And, and if, if you're both dealing with struggle, why are, you, why, are you, why are you belittling their situation? I'm not belittling. I don't know where that's belittling. Because she doesn't speak English. She doesn't speak English. And you don't know where she is in her journey of becoming the, of an American. Or you don't even know if she was just brought here by some... Uh, we don't know this. We don't know her story. But she could have been brought here by some group just to make them work. And she might be splitting money with someone. And then she's going to be shipped back to wherever she came from. We don't know her plight. And, and, and to... And to what you do know is, what we do know for a fact is that she was hired by this American English-speaking company to do business with you. That we know. We know it's the company. She got a job because the company hired her, with or without her ability to speak English. So if that's known and you stay here, whose issue is it? Hers that's trying to work or the company that hired her knowing that you couldn't speak to her? Right. All right. I, okay. I have issues all the way around. I, I'm surprised I can get up in the morning because I have issues. I, I, I see both. I, I see the plight. And 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 incidentally, I don't know if this is. I know I can say irony, but I don't know if this is an oxymoron. Uh, for all the people, Hispanic people that called me a racist. 
they hit me up in my DMs and I got called a nigger. You fat fucking nigger. You black nigger. Fuck you, nigger. I'm being called racist, but in y'all's anger, I'm a nigger now. Is that an oxymoron? I know it's irony, but it's irony. It's not. It's, it's irony. That's what it is. It's irony that, that they, you could be that to complain about someone's racism and use racism to acknowledge their racism. I think cancels everything out. Because wouldn't you say or wouldn't you think that's how you really feel? That's who you really are. Because if you're not that, then you should be able to express your disgust for me without going there. Dude, I'm going I, I, to tell you something that is not precisely on topic with what we're saying right now. But I, I got to say this. When I first started this podcast over two years ago with you and we would get into racist discussions and I would talk about the melting pot, I believe we could all, I honestly always thought someday, man, not maybe in my lifetime, but maybe in my kid's lifetime or maybe their, my grandkids' lifetime, that we would all come together and this would be the country that I believed that it could have been. And honestly, I got to say, looking at everything, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I, well, I told you that. I, I've said that several times. I'm thinking at this point in my life, I think that there should be, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if you can, I, no, I don't even want to say that because that's way too far than what I want to say. But it, it doesn't seem like, even in the point where you just said people were uh, criticizing your racism by using racist vernacular. God, that sounded pretty. That sounded intelligent the way I said it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, like Candace Owens. Yeah, uh, it it felt. I, I, the irony of it is that we don't, we can't figure this shit out. We can't even approach a conversation. But this is where we go back to where this conversation started. How poignant someone like Dave Chappelle is to take the emotion out of it and lay out the conversation in a way that can be heard. And this is why he said only comics can do this. You know, if I had. I believe that if I had had an experience with a Jamaican mate or an African and I did a joke about that, those same Spanish people would be laughing. So because it was on y'all, it was offensive. Well, but and someone tried to tie in me calling the lady built like a trash can uh, a race thing. And I was like, that had nothing to do with race. I'm talking about the way she was built and that kind of stung people so maybe yeah i apologize for that i i, I had a lot of people tell me particularly again i had a lot of spanish people who were like dude i wasn't offended at all i get where you're coming from i agree but the overwhelming majority of people who were not hispanic black white a lot of black was like nigga what are you apologizing for you're a comic Fuck that. But that goes back. Can we say offstage whatever we want to say? And uh, can we say it? And should we say it offstage? Because this is who we are or is it the stage presence of who we are? We're joking. But I don't think you should have apologized for it. I really don't think you should have apologized for it because I know you and I know that 70% of what you're saying is because you think it's funny. And how am I going to say something funny about something that I was disgruntled about? And I understand being disgruntled, but I, I so that, that's why I wouldn't, I, I think, I think all these apologies are people do now are just to placate uh, the business aspect of their lives. 
I don't think that the real apologies. I know yours. I really believe you were because of the way that you did do your apology. It was genuine. It was like I didn't see it this way. Tell me, tell me what I did, and you were looking for that, and instead you got met with more racism. Yeah, and that was the other thing. Like, like I, I'm sitting there going, God damn, I, you know. I sincerely, everybody, that wasn't sincere. It wasn't heartfelt. Fuck your apology. It was sincere. And again, if I had, if I didn't say, yo, hit me up, talk to me, let me know where I fucked up, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to learn, then that's a whole nother ball game. But I said all that. And, 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 but I, again, I drove my point. I'm not going to move from my point because I believe in my point. Just explain to me what it is you were offended by or what I should know or why that makes it racist. But going back to the lady, like I said, her point was she got a job. She might not speak really good English, but she's in a, a position that she's out working so that she can, I believe, and I don't know her, but I would believe that you put yourself in that position so that you do learn the language. I know that if I moved to another country tomorrow, I'm not going to speak the language, but I'm going to learn the language. And just because someone meets me at the beginning of my journey and I can't speak to them in their language doesn't mean that I'm uh, I'm just here and I think people should bend to my will. It means that I'm at the beginning of my journey. And if you give me time, I'm going to speak the language. I'm going to be able to communicate to you. But I don't know. We don't know where people are in their journeys. We we assume everything from what our limited amount of knowledge is about the person across from us. Right. I don't have any idea. That would be like me assuming just any other person. I mean, now that all people with orange hair, we can assume that they're uh, Trump conservatives. Right. I don't. I don't know. Um, dude, on the plane ride over, and you talked about it. Uh, you talked about it before. I think on the last podcast, that movie, Just Mercy. Yeah, um, you saw it. I saw it. Uh, man, great fucking movie. Um, dude, have do they, do they have an official? If you've been in jail for something you didn't do, when you get out, you get money. You get a certain amount of money. It depends. It, it, it all depends. It should. It shouldn't depend. If you really. If you if you lost 20, 30 years of your life, and let's be honest, most of that is probably in your youth, you should get a million dollars for every year you've been been in jail. How the fuck can so, and and it's like one thing I notice about all these people that get out of jail uh, that have been wrongly convicted, and it just seems like most of them are black. Again, we've forgiven. There's no bitterness. There's no anger. They just happy to be out, and they thank the Lord. Damn, man. You lost 20, 30 years of your youth. I, it takes a special person to not be a little bitter. And you don't get nothing? No no money? No $10 million, No $20 million? That's fucked up. Um, there's going to be more. I'm, uh, fuck. I, I think that there should be... You should be, have some kind of uh, restitution. Yeah, for if if you're wrongfully, but depending on how you're wrongfully convicted, I mean, if is you there ha- a right way to be con- wrongfully convicted? This is what I mean. If the state wrongfully convicts you, 
uh, definitely you should be getting some restitution from the state. But what if there's an incident where there's a murder charge, and I'm just going to say, and there's two eyewitnesses, and they, and they say, yep, that's the guy, that's the guy. And then it was really some guy that looked like that guy, but in the, it, you know, people, eyewitness testimony is proven not to be the, the best, uh, uh, I, I, they're, they're not reliable because the brain adjusts how it sees things. And we're, we're finding this out a lot more right now. But this is, uh, so if, if, it's, if it's two people in the state based their case off what they believe was true and honest testimony, yeah, you still should get some kind of restitution, but that's on the fault of uh, of the, the eyewitnesses. What about the the fault of when the state now holds back? Now, let's say that there's someone that says, no, nah, that wasn't him, and the state doesn't present that evidence to the defense. Now it's the state that did it. Right. And so, yeah, now I definitely see that there should be even more restitution. I, I But I, I want to say this because... Um, in the Tom, Thomas Jefferson wrote this, and I know that this is this is, and I and I want to say this because what you brought up is that there are a lot of black people that are wrongfully convicted. One of his statements is that uh, that a thousand guilty people should go free to prevent one innocent person going to jail, and it seems like our justice system has it where it's. Uh, a thousand innocent people should go to jail to prevent one innocent, one uh, guilty. guilty person going free. So it's it's opposite. We're working opposite of what. And, and, and I use that. The reason I brought that up is because I know I, I understand the the, the 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 animosity towards Jefferson right now. But the Jefferson letters actually have so much information on what how this country is supposed to be founded. And I know that it's founded on on a very. Uh, brittle and not level uh, uh, base, whatever. Uh, what's it called? What do you build your house? Foundation. But if you, some of these letters and one of the, some of the things that they say, that one right there, when you look at the injustice right now and the amount of people in jail and the amount of people that they're freeing because of DNA evidence, we really lost our way in this, uh, in, in this system and how we, how we put people in jail. I mean, it's obvious because of the amount of people in jail and the disproportionate of uh, color versus white white in jail. But I don't know. This got here in, in such a... I, I don't even know what I want to say. I can't articulate this. I wish I had Candace Owens here. She could, she could explain <laughs> it to me better. But uh, I, I just, I, I'm bewildered by what the, the justice system was supposed to be to where we were able in this 200 years to get it to this, this level. Um, I, I always thought I was pronouncing this right. But, uh, okay, Is it, it's systemic racism. Right. So when I say systematic, is that a thing? I don't think so. Because I, I thought it was systematic. No, it's systemic. It's systemic. Okay. Um, I know. Well, I think it would. It wouldn't fit, but it, I think that there would be a way to use that. But no. So that's not even a real systemic racism. Systemic. systemic. Okay. I thought it was systematic, meaning the system. Yeah. Okay, but it's systemic. Um, but I never really understood. Like, I understood what it meant, but not a complete breakdown of just how far the reach is and how, like, a spider web, it's all tangled into one thing. Um, so I, 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 I saw this great clip on Instagram 
uh, of Cuomo breaking this down, and I just want to play it. Um, Because I think some senator, white, old, male senator. Wait, say that again. What what were the two what were the two determining factors to make him unaware? White, old, male. White and old and male. Right. Like three. We'll do three. White, old and male. Okay. Right, old and male. I just want to make sure we get old in there really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, a reporter was asking him, Do you think uh systemic racism exists? And this dude flat out said, No, I do not. And he was asked three times by this reporter, Sir, you don't believe it? No, I do not. So But how how would you expect him to see it? Exactly. He can't. Or, or, or maybe he can. Maybe he does. But he's not going to admit that. Because that means he's at the root of, the, of this evil. You would have to look at it from a different perspective. And if you're white, old, and male, the system works. What, what about the system? Just before you play this, right. tell me what about the system that if you're white, old, and male, this system doesn't work. Tell me what doesn't work in the system if you're white, old, and male. It, without perspective. Right. It, it does work for you. If you're white, old, and male. But how could you also know that it's not working for other people and look the other way? Because, again, the question is, it, it, does it work for him? And if it works for him, and he's never had, he's gotten pulled over, he got out of the car, he did everything, he did every, he gave him, are police bad if you never had a bad interaction with them? That's that's such that's such naive thinking. It is, but that is because <laughs> because <clears throat> I've never had an experience, you know, uh, having been robbed at gunpoint. But I know it exists, right? But all I'm saying is, if that's if these are if that is the idea, what I just said, white, old, male, if they if everything is work for them, it's really difficult, right? It, to see the problem. It's not, I mean, I shouldn't say it's really difficult. It's not that difficult. But if it's all working and everything's going fine and the system's working, how do you turn around and go, this system is fucked up? The same way that other white people can look at it and go, this system is fucked but up. But that's what the bigger problem is that these are the people that are in charge. And all of that's by design, isn't it? Well, it's by design and by the, this, age, this group of people that have not aged out of our system, our political system. Right. This is an old political system, pulling together old laws that work for old white men. Well, let me play this play clip, it away. And, play and, it away. and then we'll, we'll talk about it. The argument starts here, with Trump's economic advisor saying this. Is that right there? I don't believe nowadays we have systemic racism. You don't believe systemic racism? I do, I, I do not. At all in the U.S.? I do not. You don't think there's any systemic racism against African Americans in the United States? I would say it again. I do not. All right, this isn't a believing in something like the tooth fairy. All right, it's about fact. He is wrong. It's not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of fact. And it is fact that you see everywhere you look in black and white. The immediate proof is in the cabinet. Trump has one black cabinet member and one black domestic policy advisor. Kudlow's the president's economic advisor. So let's start with the economy. White people make more money than blacks do, period, even if they have the same level of education, even if they're in the same jobs. In fact, that fundamental divide is as wide now as it was the year Dr. King was shot. 
so much for Trump's economy being the best ever for black people. Not relatively. And relativity matters. Black people are not only more likely to be unemployed, they're also more likely to be underemployed. For all Mr. Kudlow's talk about the stock market, blacks don't invest nearly as much as whites. Even when you include 401ks, systemic racism extends to government programs as well. Going back to the New Deal, the federal housing program that helped build the suburbs was often off limits to blacks. Lending practices, redlining, you know, drawing an area around black neighborhoods, illegal, but their effects linger. Blacks are far less likely to own a home than whites, a gap that's only widened since 2004. And those that do buy a home have to put down more money, the equity cushion it's called, and they have to pay for a higher mortgage. Meaning what? That even when banks do lend to them, they have tougher terms, even when similarly situated to whites. Then there's the question of how you get between work and home. The highway system, this may not seem like a big deal, but just think about it in terms of your existence. A marvel of American ingenuity by white America, but its design skipped over black neighborhoods. Even if there were as many on-ramps in their communities, many people of color are, are less likely to own a car because of income and credit challenges. Thus, they're more likely to depend on public transportation. We invest in buses and trains at a fraction of what we spend on the highway. So again, systemically, they are deserved. Then there's the question of what to do with your kids. Black families work more, and as we've seen, earn less. What does that mean? It makes taking care of your kids harder. You don't have the time and you don't have the money. Childcare, tough decision. Once they get into the school system, and this is big, because this is all about the roadway to opportunity. The impact of history still hangs over their head. 58 years between Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal, and Brown versus the Board of Ed Education mandating integration. That period wound up influencing how our school system works more arguably than the 62 years since the Little Rock Nine. And here's the proof for that suggestion. Districts with mostly students of color get 23 billion less in funding than white school districts, despite serving about the same number of kids. Less money means less power, right? Less pay for teachers, less access to extracurriculars and services and systems, right? We generally pay for schools with things like property taxes, right? And black communities can't support the kind of tax base that powers schools in many white communities. And even when you adjust for poverty, more is still spent on white students. Why? Systemic racism. Even how we discipline kids in schools is affected by systemic racism. How do we know? A white kid gets in trouble, a fight at school. The results often look like this. Trip to the principal's office. Black kid gets in trouble at school more likely to be disciplined. How? Suspended. Wind up in juvenile justice. Why? Systemic racism built into the fabric of the nation as built in as the food we eat, the air we breathe, and the water we drink. Why? Because they are all worse in places of poverty. Remember Flint? The faces of that suffering? They still suffer today. The faces are still the same color. Even how we connect. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. If you're black, you got less access to the internet. It's quite literally a matter of life and death as well. Look at the coronavirus pandemic. Who's getting sick the most? Who's dying the most? Who are the largest percentage of essential workers working in the midst of this risk in our healthcare system? Minorities. And they're less likely to have insurance. They're less likely to have access to good care. They have more premature births. They have shorter life expectancy. They check more of the boxes of chronic conditions. The American Academy of Pediatrics last year identified the root cause of health problems over a lifetime is racism. 
not race itself, the disparities caused by racism. Finally, the black community's ability to change these disparities should be through our democracy. But their voting rights are compromised, gerrymandering, okay? Voter suppression. This is what Trump should be talking about, but he doesn't. Not mysterious illegals, but real legalities, like we arguably just saw in Atlanta. And then, yes, there is policing. I don't say the police, because this is about more than people or bad apples. It's about the orchard. It's about the system. And again, systemic policies and tactics that work against blacks disproportionately. Cops are more likely to pull over black drivers, even when you adjust for daytime and nighttime stops that may make it hard to tell who's driving. People of color are more likely to be searched while stopped, even though whites are more likely to actually have drugs on them. Our prisons, overcrowded, filled with a disproportionate number of black faces, harsher sentences, less effective counsel, um, more police encounters in their communities. That's what you get, more in the prisons. Blacks are more likely to have the cops called on them. Officers are more likely to use force on them. And while the vast majority of the time those cases don't make the news and don't end with those losing their lives, it still happens. And when someone does die at the hands of a police officer, they are more likely to be black. Two reasons someone like Larry Kudlow would say they don't see systemic racism in this country. One, because in his world, he doesn't see it. But I believe the real reason is he's following Trump protocol. Lie, deny, and defy. Trump is not the first to play this division in our society, as I just argued it. It is built in. The challenge is to change it. And that is going to require something that Kudlow, Trump, and co. don't appear to have. The will to create a more perfect union. Shaver, who is dead. Okay, before we get dive into this, I have to go back a little bit. That's why I say, with all due respect, man, I love the Latino community. Miss me with the bullshit. When did you replace niggas? Did you hear all that? We still go through this shit. We've been going through this shit. And we have to adjust. We have to adapt. So, I'm almost getting emotional behind this. Adapt. I get it. Y'all go through shit, hardships, look down upon, struggle, your families, your kids. It's tough. Welcome to the party. We've been through tough. We're the originators of tough. When did you replace us? Fucked up is fucked up. No one should have to go through fucked up. Black, white, brown, Asian. No one should have. in, In America, we should all be equal. But we're not. But if we're going to play the game of well, we're a hardworking people and we, you are. And I get it. I'm sorry it's that way. But what you want me to do when we've been through that? We're going through that. Let's go back to what, to what he just well, said. Just be, be, but before, you, before we get off that, you, uh, you said you've gone through that. We've been through that. So, so have Mexicans. I'm not no, saying no, you no, haven't. No, no, no. I'm not even talking about this country. Don't forget the, the Spanish conquistadors what they did in Mexico, what was done here. This, this is an, the equity 
is is disproportionate in this country, without a doubt, blacks suffer more, harder issues. But this is this is the this the, the the problem of racism goes all the way around and everybody should be working together, especially the people that find themselves on the on the boot of the racism. Under the boot of racism, those everybody who finds himself in that should be working together, not against each other. And so as I disagree with you on how you how you handled it, I disagree with everybody who sent you an email that was racist towards you. I, I the disagreement is is so big and vast, and everybody wants to only see uh, how it affects them. And if we only see how it affects uh, you in the black community or in the Mexican community, then understand why the white guy who's seventy six years old only sees how it affects him. So we should have pity for the white guy? No, what I'm saying is you're mad at the white guy who only sees how it affects him. And on this level, in the community that is is under the boot of racism, acts the same towards each other. Well, we don't understand other people's plight. I understand other people's plight. All I'm saying is Stop trying to make it so that it's like all the light is being you want all the light to shine on you as though it's never been on us. That is not the case. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that. I think that they were asking you is why are you why are you taking this out on her? You as a black man should understand there are struggles in, 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 in the I, I, I understand there are struggles, but I, I also understand that we have been forced to adapt. And I get that point. Black people have been forced to adapt. Where Where is she in her journey? Did you ask her where she is? How long? Is I can't ask her? her. We can't communicate. Well, when the, when blacks were brought over here, they didn't speak English right away either. But we were forced to. I, it, we were forced uh, over here, uh, and we were forced to learn. Agreed. They're not forced. Agreed. Nor should they be. But, Understand that. Nor should they be. But that would be like black people who had been here longer mad at black people that just got here and said, I can't understand why they don't speak English yet. That would be the same way as looking at that lady when you don't know what her situation is and mad at her that she doesn't speak English. Okay, we already hit that. Okay. okay. I get what you're saying, but I'm saying you got to look at other people's perspective. Otherwise, we're all that, we're we're, we're similar. To the the, seven-year-old white white man? man Looking at just his perspective. Nah, nah. We're not, not even close. Look, everything he just said, about systematic. So you mean to tell me, he said the, 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 the highways that were built, that purposely were built to skip around black neighborhoods. Purposely. All that shit is by design. Yeah. So even the old 70-year-old white man, that it works for him. It works for him because it was designed to. Exactly. That's And he knows racism. that. Yeah. But he you should. were saying like, he doesn't see it because it works for him, so he, he doesn't see it. If he skips, yeah, over he your, does. If he skips over your neighborhood, he definitely doesn't see it. But he knows he's skipping over your neighborhood, and he knows why. He but, knows why, but he doesn't see it. Okay, I'm, I'm not disagreeing L- with what, you. What did Cuomo I'm, say? I'm D- deny the whatever the yeah. three Ds were. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Yeah. There's a difference between denying versus straight up not knowing. Okay, he knows, and you know that she, that the, the, the Hispanic suffer. Yeah, but the, but you can't compare me to that to the seven year old white man. 
No, I'm the ideology, though. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, not because you're, you're not looking at them. You're not looking at them the same way. Oh, God, I'm looking at them the same way. I'm just simply saying, yo, adapt. Yeah, but we don't know if she's trying or not. Okay. All you, you're assuming right. that she right. isn't because okay. she can communicate with you at that moment. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm going to get letters, too. People are going to be mad at me. Uh, where, where, where were we? Before no, we do, no, no, yeah, be, okay, yeah. Let, let me, I, I do want to say one thing though, and here comes my letters. Uh, when we talk about the uh, the wealth gap, and Cuomo was very jumped on that one. Understand that the wealth gap. If we're talking about only one percent of this country that has the majority, ninety percent of the money, I believe, is what it is, right. and that majority of that money is white. That skews the disparage, the disparity uh, between black and white America's money. There, are, what I'm trying to say about, it, I'm not saying that black America doesn't have, isn't underfunded uh, as far as money goes, as far as what they make. But there's a lot of white people that fall into that money category too. And the unfortunate part, this is where this all gets funky, and why I say I don't think this is ever going to work out. A lot of those white people. In that middle ground that aren't making that money, people like Trump have used to blame social ideas, and they are rooting for people like Trump, even though they work to their disadvantage in, in white America as well. White America is working against themselves as well, because they, there's a, the, the large amount of that money is a certain amount of white people that hold a lot of the money. And then there's a larger amount of white people that don't have access to that kind of funding, but they have access to banking that's different than blacks and Mexicans in this country. Dude, that's why Hispanics. I, that's why I wanted to play the clip because again, I, I I knew systemic racism was a thing. I didn't know how deep it ran. When he mentioned the stuff about even when you go for a loan, you know. The, the, everything from the loan to the way you travel to voting, it just all, it just every step was designed to, it's like an Indiana Jones movie. Every step we take, there's a fucking arrow being shot, a pit with, with spikes in it, a ball rolling towards you, flame coming. It's like Jesus. Well, did you see the video of, uh, of the black lady who was speaking about, um, when, I guess when it was when, when Target was burnt down, it must have been, I think she was in Minneapolis, about burning down their community. Right. And she was, what community? We don't own anything. Burn it all down. We don't own anything. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. So to what you're saying about systemic racism, Compton in LA at one time was a white community. And when they brought the dollars in to move out into the suburbs, they moved out and, the black, and it became a black community. But the people who were renting those houses, because, because as it became a black community, the banks wouldn't lend to that community for those houses because it was a black community. So people couldn't even buy. And if they would have, if you would have home ownership in there, with home ownership comes a pride of ownership, which also comes with maintaining and building up your neighborhood. But someone else owns it. What do you do when someone else owns something? Do you, how, how do you treat your rental cars? Do you treat your rental car as good as you treat your car at home? I smoke in that motherfucker. So... Uh, it's a rental. If you don't allow people to to actually put in roots and and own and and have, well, what are you going to do with that? 
you're not going to treat it. It's obvious. The problem with this one and what I said about the 76-year-old white man, it's obvious unless you turn around, unless you don't turn around and look. So it, it is very frustrating. Obviously, the frustration to me that I'm willing to look at it and go, this isn't, I don't think this is ever going to work. I don't know how this is ever going to work out. I don't, I'm beyond even, I can't even say the, the, the niceties that I used to say where I think, well, you know, this and that. And even when I quote Jefferson and what he said about uh, um, the, the, the judicial system, I mean, it, it's, it's almost like it's a fantasy. It's almost like Disney wrote it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. So I just feel like an idiot most of the time. You know, and part of the reason why I honestly believe this will never die is because one thing about this this new age we live in with phones and these recorders and we find out when people get angry, you know, no, I don't think anyone's naive enough to think there aren't a lot of racists out there, but they're really hiding among us. And, and it's like, you know, that's why it was always funny when I would hear certain white people go, race relations was worse under Obama. What? When you look at this Trump era, it's like they're coming out of the woodwork. He's, he's one big dog whistle. So whether it's the guy that gets fired because he mocked Black Lives Matter by having his knee on his friend's neck who worked at FedEx, or whether it's the one white guy who got fired from a major real estate company that he, he was a realtor who video went viral because he had a machine gun. And he said, uh, all Trump has to do is give the word and we'll end this shit in an hour. I'm ready for you niggas. It, the fact that it's like, you know, they're blending in now and we don't know who they are till, you know, they expose themselves this is a problem, man. Yeah, but what I... What because, I because until they expose themselves, they're out there. Yeah. But that's why... I, I, don't, I don't agree with the race relationship statement under Obama, but I'm saying that what Trump did is he brought him out of the closet. And the most important thing is to have him out. Because you said you don't know who they are until they expose themselves. Well, we're in a, we're in a, a place in, in this country where... They were, at least for eight years, they were packed up and pretty well, like, we're going to stay here until we're ready. And Trump, however however you want to look at it, he brought him out. And shining light on it is, is, I think, is almost as important because this is the only way that you can actually do something about it. And it also showed, again, a lot of people who thought we were in, in, in a different uh America, people with good intentions who thought we were in a different kind of America thought we had made it. We, we've got past a certain place. We have a black president. This is a post-racial air. It, 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 it showed them that that is not the case. Not only is it not the case, but they were sadly mistaken and they were so far from the truth that there is, I, I don't see a way that that guard gets let down like that again, that just a, uh, a face in the White House changes uh, 200, 250, 60 years now of, 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 of the United States of America. Uh, there's a lot more to this that I, that I, was, I have, but I don't, I don't, we're, we're, we're at a place where I don't even want to t- get into that next part. 
Uh, but I do have staying on where we where you are with the uh, with systemic racism. I would like to include uh, the statues from the civil uh, from the Civil War that commemorating uh, uh, the Confederate uh, uh, statues. I, I have I, I want them down, but I don't like the idea of them being thrown away. Uh, I, I don't mind them being put in a river as long as you can see them. Because here's, here's the, I think that they need to be kept because this goes back. There's something that happened this last week where they pulled um, the movie with Scarlett O'Hara. And uh, frankly, I don't give a damn. The uh, Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. They pulled it? They pulled it because of its racial, uh, how it felt like it was kind of. Uh, Wait, who pulled it? Um, HBO took it down. Really? Yeah, because they felt that it it it, it glorified a little bit. I, I think it, I, I I to be honest, I never seen the movie, but it glorified the uh, the Confederate uh, um, sensibility, I guess. And it they're, but listen, tearing these things down, take them down, put them in a museum. I wouldn't even mind if you put it in a giant fishbowl and stacked them all up and show and 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 called that bowl racism in America. <clears throat> Don't let. White America changed the narrative by because a hundred years from now or two hundred years from now, you take down the statues and you get rid of them, and you take and you and you take the movies and, and you get rid of those movies. Two hundred years from now, a hundred years from now, I don't know how long it's going to take, but they'll say, "No, nah, we never did that." It's the reason I said that about Tom Sawyer. If you gave them the opportunity to clean that book up, they would. Don't let that happen. Hold the country accountable for it. Is these stories, these wonderful stories that I grew up with about my uh, about the uh, George Washington and Jefferson? These are the stories they tried to sell us. But because we have documented history, those stories haven't gone away, so that we know who it is. Don't whitewash this country. I'm not saying keep them up in a prideful position. I'm saying keep them so that we will always be held accountable for what has happened in the past. Uh, I would take it a step further. I don't think I, I, there are people in this country like I and I and this I'm, I'm careful on this, but I wouldn't. Uh, I'd watch what I took down because you'd have to almost take down everything if we hold each other to a standard that is so high. But I would say that I would like to see uh, Jefferson and Washington taken off money. I don't think black people should have to carry pictures. Of slave owners in their pocket, so that they so can buy if things. you took the the presidents off the money, what are you replacing it with? I don't know. P- replace with the Grand Canyon for all I give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Something that isn't tarnished by a human being, right? <clears throat> but I really have. I, I, to me, uh, and, and and when I say that, take them off the money. I don't mean, uh, but keep keep the money, keep archives of that money, so that we know that we did it. Don't replace and go in 300 years from now. Go. I don't think that. I don't think that's the truth. I don't no. think that really happened. Keep that. But I don't think I really. I, I. I really feel that way when I thought about like how how would I feel if every day I opened up my wallet to go get a coke, and I had to look at a former slave owner being uh, lifted to that, elevated to that, uh, to that point in my wallet. Now I'm not advocating taking down the. The rocks. What are the rocks? The the were the four. Oh no, the Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Uh, there's a significant amount of what 
those presidents did to form this country, whether we mm, like the country you or can't not. Have that both ways. You don't have if to. You, I, you don't have to carry that in your pocket, man. You don't have to walk around and constantly be presented with that. If you, but we can see them four faces. You don't have to ever look at them. You don't have to go to wherever that is. I got to be honest. Never seen it. I don't even know where it's at. I forgot where it's at. I learned it right. in school, but I don't know where it's at. Right. Uh, I just think how do you how do you t- you can't erase that those are the people that started the country. Right. But I would love for there to be the educational <sighs> system needs to be changed that we educate the country. And you could say Thomas Jefferson did this. Thomas, and you know what else Thomas Jefferson did? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I, I, I you know. The taking down the statues thing. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't. I, I don't give a fuck. Because you, as a little kid, you didn't have to, uh, you didn't grow up and go outside and have to look at a statue that loomed over you. Look how, look how high up they put those statues over. So you had to look up to those. You know, once, you know, once upon a time ago, uh, black men were not allowed to ride horses because uh, white guys would have to look up at them. So... Black people weren't allowed to ride horses. Um, I agree with you. Keep the history. I agree completely. I, I, Keep the history, man. I, I think it has to be. I don't need it to be st- looming over people. That's what I'm saying. I don't need. I, I, I and, and I know that I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I said that about other other statues. But if we hold everybody accountable for 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 everything, I don't think that there's a statue. Is there a statue left? I don't know. Uh, so I, 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 it has to kind of go. And the movies thing, I'm really not for. No. Because but, movies tell stories, stories uh, that need to be told. And tell stories about who we were in a lot of cases. Yeah. So I, that, yeah. And listen, I saw Gone with the Wind. Uh, it's, it's a great movie. Um, great movie, man. Uh, leave movies alone. Well, but don't, don't you feel that that would be. Because not all. Okay. I don't know. I really have never seen the movie. But I do. I, I know. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I know that part of the, yeah. the movie. But doesn't that speak to the truth? That won an Academy Award. Doesn't that speak to the truth about the feelings of the country at the time that it was able to win that award with the story that it, it told? Yeah. So then, aren't we accountable for that truth throughout history? You have to be able to. You have to be able to see where you came from. You have to be able to see it. You can't eliminate it and not that it has to be uh for like the confederate flag i i don't think that should be flying anywhere but it's part of it's part of this the history of this of this country but i why would you when the idea that it got taken down from uh nascar shout out shout out to nascar yeah but how how is that even a thing that i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about the black lives matter car oh yeah yeah that's awesome yeah but how? But how do you how do you fly a flag? You you don't the the Lou. I hate to say it, I want to say it the right way, but the the South lost the Confederates lost. Where do you go? Where the flag of the uh, opposing your, your 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 enemy? Even though it was a civil war, I don't know. You still call them your enemy? Yeah, it's still your enemy, right? Right. They lost. Where do you? Why? How do you still fly the flag? Isn't that a treasonous act to put your flag up? It's very confusing to me. It's a good, I'm, but here's where I'm going to make a lot of people mad. Technically, it's a good-looking flag. I mean, the the, 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 the flag itself. The, the the hey, I think the swastika is. I wish I could whistle the tune, Dixie. <laughs> 
the imagery even in uh, 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 Hitler's uh, the Nazis, they use a lot of great imagery. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna say that I, I I want it in my house. I'm just saying it it, it looked correct. I understand as as an aesthetic, but when you know the history of it, and that's why the history is so important to preserve the history. Uh, that's why it shouldn't have been flown. Mm, okay. Um, Get that shit off the money, though. Uh, you got anything else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I got one other thing. I got one thing just going yeah. back to the money. Yeah. Um, and for anybody who thinks is that's, that's kind of off, how about this, then? How about this? If we, can keep, uh, <clears throat> you, we can keep Washington on the bill, and we can keep Jefferson on the bill, but then I want Nat Turner put on a bill. <laughs> So fuck Harriet Tubman. Go for Nat. Because he, isn't that someone who fought for their rights more than any other? Yeah. So isn't that American? <laughs> who? Isn't that an American story, though? Y- yeah. And so uh, how, much, how, much prouder, I, how much prouder would a black dude feel if he got to buy his Sony television uh, with a fistful of Nat Turners. I would love for anyone white to write in and tell me, would you have a problem with that? Would y'all have a problem with Nat Turner being on the money? Uh, and if you don't know who Nat Turner is, Google him. Uh, that might have been what Dave meant by the wrath of God. Could be. If you if you guys have never seen the movie um, Birth of a Nation, and not the one the racist one, the one with Nate Parker, um, where he plays Nat Turner, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Watch that movie, man. And that movie w- didn't get what it should have got because at the time it was about to be released, some controversy came out about Nate on some sexual assault shit. So it kind of got buried. But that's a great fucking movie, man. What do you think about that idea, though? Nat Turner on the money? Yeah, what do you think? <clears throat> here's, here's why I was going to... I was... Because he was known for, for the greatest slave rebellion ever where he killed a shitload of white folks. Kids, women. He slaughtered them. But he was fighting but, for his but, freedom. But... but Here's what I was going to say. He's no less. Is it even wrong to use the word murderer? Because murder's murder. I hate this is fucking. ah. He was no less guilty of committing the same acts that these presidents were responsible for. In the name of freedom. They all committed it in the name of freedom. Wait, wait, so George Washington and all the slave owners on the money was in the name of freedom? When they were fighting the British. Not, because that's why they're on the money. They're on the money. But they own slaves. Okay, but. but, And those slaves were beaten, whipped, raped. My point, though, and I agree with you on everything you're saying. My point is, though, if you leave them on the money because of what they did for to establish this country, which was fighting the British and and starting this country. Right. They did, like you said, own slaves and everything that you said is true. But now turn he fought for his independence the same way 
that they fought for independence from the British. He just fought it from this country for his and his people's freedom. How different is that than fighting the British for your freedom? Here's, here's my question, and this is why this is crazy. Like, <clears throat> murder's murder, right? Not in not if it's wartime, then it's not murder, then it's war. Okay, but ideally, killing is killing. Okay, so is that murder, right? Killing is well. They're two different things. I guess we would have to define it, but there are if there's different degrees of murder, <clears throat> right? There would be different degrees of killing. Because if you killed for free, if you killed if you killed to get away for your freedom, that's different than killing someone for uh, for for, okay. for an item or for profit. Uh, uh, okay, because what I'm ultimately trying to get to, and I and I think you just helped answer what I'm trying to ask. Because you, when you think murder, you think killing, you think wrong. So how can you ever justify or say it's right? How could you how could you put him on the money or or celebrate that in any way? But you know, I'm being stupid because if somebody's trying to hurt your family or you, self-defense, yeah, it's murder. You kill him, but it was a righteous kill. Like a wartime kill. It's gotcha. it's continued to be righteous. But again, you only write the righteous. The only people who get to write the story are the winners, not necessarily even the righteous. <clears throat> So all I'm saying is he didn't win. He didn't win. Ultimately, he didn't win, but his, his, his fight was righteous. Okay. That makes sense. So if his fight is righteous, <clears throat> drop him on a bill. Right. Right. Okay. That's, that was a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know you didn't see this movie, but I was telling you about it. Maybe you'll get a chance to see it. Where are we at time-wise? We're two. Oh, we're two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so this will be quick. Um, I, I downloaded this movie, Capone, with Tom Hardy. I want to see it. And here's what I, you know, and I listen, I love me some Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's a bad motherfucker. Um, <clears throat> and so when I first saw the movie available on iTunes, I, it said Capone, and it Tom Hardy. I said, this is going to be good. I think this is going to be up there with some of the greatest gangster flicks of all time. The movie starts out and they tell you in writing, basically, when uh, Capone was in jail, he suffered from some sort of illness. Syphilis. Was it syphilis? Uh, I think it was something else too. Okay. But, But basically, the movie was his last year prior to his death. He had, he had already gotten out of prison. He retired in Florida. So you wasn't going to see no gangster shit. No killing, no him be muscling, him being the gangster. And I hated it. I, and I really th- wanted to love it. And I thought it was going to be good because he had dementia, syphilis. This nigga was babbling. He was drooling. He had to wear diapers. He was pissing himself and shit in the bed. There's a scene where he's laying in bed with his woman and she wakes up to this horrendous smell and she turns the lights on and peels the covers back. And I mean, this nigga's got shit everywhere. 
Like, remember the scene in Godfather when dude moved the sheet and the, <laughs> the horse horse's head? head and blood was at, nigga, shit is all over the bed. Um, and I'm like, y'all gonna make a, and I'll always say again, man shit. Like, again, when I said Sons of Anarchy, at first I went, damn, a biker gang. I know they fucking them niggas every other episode. Why would I, why would I like that? But it's man shit. Guns, violence, whores. You know, it's man shit. So I like it. So I'm going, gangster movie. This is going to be man shit. Tom Hardy, you making a movie about the no- most notorious gangster of all time. And this nigga shitting himself, pissing himself, drooling, babbling. want to see that? It, it just, it, I, was, I was so disappointed. And I wanted to like it so bad for all those reasons. But it's just, at one point, this motherfucker always smoking cigars. But as, as his health continues to deteriorate, he gets to a point where he's had his third stroke. So the doctor tells him in front, well, not him, but in front of his family, his immediate family, no more cigars. And one of his, uh, one of his family members asks, for how long? The doctor goes, forever. But he can do this. And he pulls out a carrot and substitutes the cigar. He said, substitute the cigar for a carrot. And his family member gets upset. He's not going to fall for that. What do you think? He's fucking Bugs Bunny. Cut to this nigga's got the carrot now in his mouth. And at times while he's sucking on the carrot, drool is coming out. It just, it, I don't want to see my gangsters like this, man. Neil Brennan was in it. He had one scene where he plays his lawyer. And in the movie, Capone is like, you know, he's telling one of his men, $10 million. And this is how Tom Hardy's talking in the movie. Ten, ten, $10 million. What? I, I, I don't remember, but I, I buried $10 million. So the IRS, I, I mean, the FBI is, is stationed in the woods near his house with listening devices. They've bugged his home. So at some point... They come to his house to do an interview to see if he can get them to tell them where the 10 million is so they can take it. And Neil Brennan plays his lawyer. And this was, the, you know, at one point he's asking Capone, sir, can you state your name, your date of birth and your age? And at one point Neil goes, I'll speak on his behalf because clearly my, my client can't speak. But the FBI guy won't let him do it. He keeps drilling Capone. And finally, you just hear Capone's stomach rumbling. This nigga starts shitting on himself during the interview. I mean, it, it's gross. And Neil Brennan covers his face with his tie. And everybody's trying not to throw up. Oh, dude, I just, why, why would they do this? Why, why would they do this? Maybe just show uh, what happens at the end. Like, you could be the baddest gangster in the world, but we're all going to go out shit on I, Well, <clears throat> if the movie's two hours, give me 20 minutes of that. <laughs> give me an hour 40 of, you know, yeah, Shay. <laughs> Tommy Gun. Not a fucking 90 minutes it of been, that. It would have been great then for you if when he shit his pants, instead of the sound, they would have done the Tommy Gun sound. I know you haven't seen the movie, but it's... it's I'm going to still see it. I it's don't a care. disappointment, man. That's our two-hour wrap, brother. <clears throat> there we go. Again, Latin community, I love y'all, man. I really do. And I hope y'all don't get offended and 
try to cancel me and all that other shit, man. I love y'all. I really do. I just, you know, just trying to understand. And, you know, you stand by your convictions and you stand by what you believe in. So, you know, again, I'm listening. Email me. Tell me. Talk to me. Let me know. We're out. AndyComedy.com. <clears throat> all my social media is in the upper right-hand corner. And guess where we are next week? <laughs> <clears throat> Mississippi. The South. Jackson. Oh, I've never been to I've never been. I've been to Mississippi twice, but never Jackson. And when I first went, uh was early in my career. And the second time I did a casino with Lavelle Crawford. So uh while I'm not familiar with Mississippi, I'm familiar with Mississippi. Uh my great line in that movie, Mississippi Burning, Gene Hackman is in the barbershop with Sheriff Stuckey and I think the governor and they're talking about the three civil rights right, or civil writers or whatever and he goes Gene Hackman says to Sharon Stuffy, Stuckey uh, well you know back up north blah 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 you Mississippi now rest of the world don't mean jack shit so uh, Mississippi Black Club, too. Black on, right? Yeah, it's going to be a doozy, baby. You ready? Yeah. I wasn't going to let you get out of this one for shit. No, I tried. (sighs) All right. Harry Spears, 45, and Hotmail. Mississippi, here we come. Yee-hoo! Can you feel it, baby?